It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Ray White, the largest real estate and property group in Australasia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio and also Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. Well, this long weekend continues on our Sunday morning, June the 5th for 2022. I trust your weekend of any real estate activity is going well. Coming up is the week in review with the Sunday Reflection. It's a time to look back at some of the highlights of the interviews we've done in the last week. Oh, yesterday too, I saw the new trailer for Baz Luhrmann's film called Alvis. And whoa, trailers typically aren't something I really buy into. Often they're cheesy, not put together well, or they simply reveal too much of the plot point in the movie. Like it's, why bother to see the movie? I've just seen it in 90 seconds. But this Baz Luhrmann film trailer, on the other hand, about Elvis Presley is spectacular. The production design is first class, as is the performance of the lead actor. And who would want to take this role or who wouldn't want to take this role on one hand it's daunting but on the other hand what a role to play Austin Butler he plays Elvis he's a 30 year old American who previously had a small role in Quentin Tarantino's film Once Upon a Time but this is the biggest role of his career so looking forward to seeing the king Elvis It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au. All right, let's have a look at your weather around Australia. First, we go to Sydney, expecting a cloudy day but dry, a high of 19 degrees. Melbourne showers to east, all going to be another cool day with just 13 degrees on the mercury. Brisbane expecting a late shower and 21 degrees. Good morning if you are in Perth expecting a dry and cloudy day and your high atop of 18 degrees. Enjoy your morning coffee. It's your real estate weekend podcast in review. Well, I see that realestate.com.au last week ran a story about a woman who grew up in a house and then after her parents sold the property in 2014, ended up buying it back again. Good morning, Gemma. This happened to you. Yes, it did. And your parents were there on auction day last Saturday. Yeah, so both my parents came as well because I thought that would be nice. And tell me a little bit about the fact that you were the only bidder, is that correct? Yeah, correct. There was a few people there, so we we're actually quite shocked just given the location of it. My partner had a feeling though because it's actually like just under 600 squares, it's a split level block. My dad said that it's like built on rock. Like we think that investors were turned off by it. So it's not really like something you could subdivide and knock down. So yeah, it worked in our favour, that's for sure. So you've bought the property as an investment. You're not going to be living in the property? Uh, No, we don't plan on living in it. We've already got a place that we've uh, renovated. So we live in that. And then, yeah, we just thought as an investment, closer schools should be quite easy to rent out. And how many of your friends, Gemma, are still struggling to buy their first home? Uh, Yeah, quite a few, actually. I count my blessings every day that we were homeowners pre-COVID. I just think it'd be so hard as a first homeowner buyer right now to get into the market with all these auctions and, yeah, just the banks. It's just a lot. The deposits. Informing you on real estate. It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review. 
And tell us a little bit about the lack of available land. I mean, this has really contributed to the problem in terms of the escalation. Land is always key in most uh, property deals, but land in Byron Bay takes that to a whole new level, doesn't it? Look, it does, and I think what people probably don't realise, certainly when they come from the uh, the big dollar median suburbs of Sydney, is that Byron's quite a small place, only about 3,500 homes in Byron, one way in and one way out, and it is quite small, and there's only limited land, a lot of reserve there, a lot of wetland, so you're right on the coast is, is mainly where you are on the, on the beautiful beaches, so it's quite small. So whatever land does get released will be gobbled up at very high prices. There's a development that's released about 40 blocks at the moment and I think, uh, and basic building blocks, and they're, start, they're starting around that $1.7 million mark. So yeah, look, it's very hard to get any land and certainly you know, within the middle of town, it's near impossible. And looking at the really hot peak of the market for Byron Bay, you have to go back to October, November, December last year where it really did peak. What has happened since? Like, where's the market at now? Yeah, look, the way um, I see the market is you're right. Uh, in October, November, December, it, it certainly was at its frenziest with a, with half a dozen buyers for every property and you know not being able to secure the deal quick enough. We still saw a bit of that overflow into the start of January and through January, um, but then the heat certainly, I believe, started to go out in February and March. There were still buyers, but not as many. And then obviously the end of March and, and March and the end of March, we had floods in the region and, and some floods in the town centre. Obviously the election coming, so it's balanced out a bit now. Uh, there's still a lot of people wanting to buy, but not as many. And I, they're not prepared to pay that over-the-top price that maybe they were paying back at the end of last year. It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review. You mentioned you sold a couple of penthouses. I think one went for $22 million and the other was $13 million. Now, are these local people buying these properties or is it a cross-mix of interstate slash international buyers? So $22 million a penthouse was bought by an international buyers. So he is actually based in Sydney, but he travel always, you know, Sydney, Hong Kong and China. So he just want to buy something to hold on. Once he get a bit older, he can come back and, and stay there. And another, the $13 million one is bought actually by a local buyer. He is Australian and he's got a massive house in eastern suburbs. And I just want to, you know, um, he hasn't sold yet, but he will be selling that one once he gets a little older. And he bought one just for the future investment. And I mentioned that the city was very unattractive during lockdown, but it's come back from this death of a city in lockdown to having that vibrant feel. And no matter what sort of major city around the world, people always seem drawn, don't they, to the inner lifestyle a metro CBD like a Sydney offers. The city is full. So if you don't have a booking for restaurants, there's no way you can get in anywhere. So now we have a vivid, you know, we have all the operas, you know, all the shows are starting, you know, all the seats are booked out because I just been to a couple of shows recently and you can see the restaurants and bars, you know, like it's just so exciting. I think Sydney is actually back to life. So which is, you know, this Sydney should be so proud. We are after all an international city. We've got so much to offer. So everybody back to cities. So come have a, come, come have a look at, you know, what's happening in the night. It's full. 
Monica, there are some people that are downsizing, which some people might think, well, how is that possible that they're downsizing? But it very much depends on what they're downsizing from, right? You are absolutely right. So I just give you a couple of examples. I'm actually searching for a few penthouses for my uh, clients. They just sold their house for $30 million. I have another one at $25 million. And they're both of them from Eastern suburbs. And I've got another person from Mosman. And they sold their house for $19 million. And they're looking for something around about $15 million in the city. I just got nothing much to offer. So these are the downsized people we're talking about. You know, they have done really well for the, you know, large land, large houses, you know, in suburbans. So everybody's looking, come back to the city, looking for penthouse. That's how much demand we have for the penthouses right in the city. It's your Real Estate Weekend Podcast in Review. So Sydney as a whole is still growing, but at a slower pace, and we're seeing certain suburbs within Sydney starting to decline in their median prices. Melbourne as a whole, we're actually seeing a decline in price, both for houses and units. And so that does mean it creates opportunity for first home buyers to get into the market. So tell us a little bit about the report that you did, because for first home buyers having a listen to this, they'll be very curious as to where some of the more cost-effective areas are that you highlighted in your report. So Brisbane, if you're looking for a house, a suburb that um, has really stood out for us is Tingalpa, which is kind of um, almost sort of like in the inner northwest of Brisbane, median price still under $750. And it's a very well-known little tucked in sort of like suburb that not many people may have considered. It's one of those suburbs that has a lot of great schools around it and about 200k less than the um, Brisbane Metro median house price. Okay, that's Brisbane. What about in Sydney? Sydney, uh, my pick for houses would be in Riverwood with a median price of about 1.2M. So that's about 400, 500K less than Sydney Metro. And in Melbourne, what did you find? Melbourne, um, we will go to Greensboro um, at about a million dollars. And again, that's about another 300K below the Melbourne Metro price. And good old Hobart. There must have been a, a great one in Hobart. Well, in Hobart, Clarendon Vale at $435,000 was is the pick, which is definitely less than the Sydney and Melbourne ones that I've just said. And I'm quite surprised still how there is some good buying on the Gold Coast. Well, this is why you have to go to suburbs that you may not thought of. So, for example, Oxenford, which is a little bit more between Gold Coast and Brisbane. So, it's in the upper um, Gold Coast at 750k. And I noticed that you've got Runaway Bay in there. That is one of my favourite areas of the Gold Coast. Is it? Mm. Um, Well, I mean, it is on the higher scale, 592 median price for units. But, you know, in in terms of the Gold Coast, it is still definitely one of the more affordable areas that does tick all of those boxes for livability that we talked about. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 